0: And my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 77, and tonight, look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's a whole shitload of manky-ass little alien motherfuckers come to screw up your life and invade your local movie theater, and I'm talking about the movie Dark Skies. And not only am I going to be joined by the illustrious and elusive Owen. Robertson, we're also going to be joined by the blotch Ward thing on Kerry Russell's lip. What is that? What is that? And also, listeners Kristen and listener Tom are going to be going up against the Firing Squad. Bang! For having the audacity to make me watch Scary or Die. Did I like it? Or did I not? You'll find out when they do. When the Firing Squad shoots all over their backs. I mean, shoots them in the back. Oh, never mind. You know damn well what I meant, even if I didn't. Anyway, it's time to get the show on the road, so let's fucking do that already. But, oh, God, let's just wait for a promo first.
1: Hey, you cool cats. Yeah. Listening to the chitter chatter on your iPod machine Why don't you come on and drop by N-O-T-L-P dot com And check out six nasty Cincinnati kids Talking about the shit you like Oh yeah Night of the Living Podcast Time
2: Well, I like it because they talk about topics that are important to me as a man of of my generation. I like it when that little guy talks about pornography. I like the recipe segments. I'm really hoping that eventually they tell a joke I can borrow for one of my mini cocktail parties. I just don't like to be alone in my head.
1: There you have it, your brothers and sisters agree, night of the living podcast is where it's at,
0: homie. Hey kiddies, how you doing? Oh my goodness gracious, it is so nice to be sitting here with you again. This is Mr. Brad and I'm going to be talking about Corn Flakes, I don't know what I'm saying. No, it's not Mr. Brad. it's me. It's me, it's Patrick, and I'm here to tell you what's been going on around here at Scream Queen's headquarters lately. Not a whole hell of a lot, to be perfectly honest, because between, well, (sighs) between the dentist and the doctor and work, I've been really, 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 really busy, which means not a lot of fun. A little bit of fun, but we're gonna talk about that soon enough. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but around Christmas, I was at a party Hosted by my prom date, my past, my prom date from high school, both proms, this wonderful lady named Georgian. and, um, I was her first gay. Yeah, I was the first person that she dated, that turned out later to be gay, even though I knew damn well at the time. It was high school, you know how that goes, but yeah, it was a long link in a chain. The first link in a very long chain there because everybody she dated, I'd meet them, she'd be like, oh, he's the one, I love him, and he'd say hi, and I'm like, oh no, George, no. And she's like, and I'd tell her, and she would stop talking to me for six months, and then she'd come crawling back, yeah, it was gay too. But yes, we're still friends after all these years And she had a Christmas party put on by, uh, and, you know, her husband did all the cooking. Her husband, Richard, who is a wonderful man, a wonderful heterosexual man, and they've been happily married for a while, but that's not the point. He's an incredible cook, and he made 85,000 desserts, including these little lace cookies. Yeah, I know, he's cooking, and he makes lace cookies. That sounds pretty gay, Patrick, but no, it's not. Men can do anything they want to do, girl. What? But anyway, he made these little lace cookies, and you know they're 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 wa- wafer thin, and they're mostly air, and it's chocolate, and just flat, and just they melt in your mouth, and they're pretty much gone before you even notice. I took one bite of one and lost a filling, like that, cracked a tooth, lost a filling, and everybody made fun of me for the rest of the night. They're like you broke your tooth on a lace cookie? You're a pansy. I'm like, well, yeah, actually I am, but shut up. And I had no argument. I'm like, if this was this was you know air with chocolate on it, and I broke a tooth on it. So I've been trying to get an appointment to get this fixed for months now. What's taking so long? Just never mind. Just 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 trust me. It's taking forever um, because it's. In, uh, I've had it filled, but it's in funky spots. So the filling keeps clunking out the back. I'm like, no, no. This time it's gonna take, and it's not taking really annoying. So I've been going back and forth for that. I've been going back and forth to various doctors. Not anything bad this time. It's just checkup season. Yeah, after all that bullshit that I've already been through, it's checkup season. I gotta get my eyes checked, and this checked, and the other thing checked, and whoop, that's a prostate. And I'm like, I'm well acquainted with that part. Thank you. And But never mind. But like I said, in the midst of this, not a lot of fun. And oh, hey, Jekyll and Hyde Club is still up and running, and it, it's been a good time. I'm uh, pretty much just working weekends now uh, until we get the liquor license. Yeah, still no liquor license, and this is why this is such an important thing, especially for any restaurant, especially the Jacqueline High Club. Granted, that's where all your revenue comes from. Yes. Granted, it gets everybody loose and having a good time. Yes. You know, the really good party tables, the ones that are going to be great tippers and, you know, be lots of fun to play with while they're there. As soon as they hear that there's no booze, they leave. Yes, that's a problem. But the real problem is, without the booze, adults don't believe. What do you mean? I'll tell you what I mean. Just relax. At the Jack and High Club, there is, it's this whole atmosphere. It's very similar to the Adventurers Club in Disney, only creepy. So there's all kinds of spooky things on the walls that speak and come to life. And, you know, gargoyles and, and and mummy heads and suits of armor all are live and waiting to talk to you. Except the thing is, it's not some pre-recorded voice. They're actually talking. We can see you and they can see you and they can hear you. Yeah, it's an actor behind there. But you know What? When you have a couple of cocktails, grown ups start to believe the way they believe in Santa. Granted, the kids all believe as it is anyway, so that's not a problem, but it's when the adults begin to believe, is when the magic happens because they're drunk and they're vulnerable. <laughs> is what I'm saying, and it's not happening, and it's makes me very sad. Someday, someday soon, someday soon, the booze. someday the booze will come, someday. I shouldn't sing that, I'll get sued by Disney. Ooh. Oh, so this is pissing me off. Next door to us, uh, right next door to the Jekyll and Hyde Club, that is, on 44th Street off of Times Square. God damn it, Guy Fieri opened his shitty restaurant if you don't know who Guy Fieri is, good. He's a chef from the Food Network or something. And he's just so fucking annoying. He's a whore. He's on every goddamn commercial. I think he does commercial for TGI Fridays, if I'm not mistaken. So that's how... That's this what this guy's taste level is at. So he opened up this restaurant. And it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And people... Oh, my God. It is so tacky. Like, when it opened... It got this scathing review from the New York Times. It was possibly the meanest thing that has ever been written about anything ever in the entire history of the world. The review went viral, and it's hilariously bad because apparently everything, and so is the restaurant. Evidently everything on the menu is covered in something called Guy's Famous Donkey Sauce. And I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound tasty. I don't want to know what that is. Because it either sounds like poop. Or something that he, you know, collects from the floor after a donkey show in Tijuana. Yeah, I went there. And that's not bad enough. And believe me, that is bad enough. There's a loudspeaker out front that screams down the block. Commercials for his Food Network shows 24 hours a day. So, we're getting shitty food and noise pollution. Thanks, Guy Fieri. Not that you can hear it in the restaurant, but every now and then. you know, We have a doorman there. But, you know, doormen have to have lunch and go to the bathroom sometimes. So they might tap one of us out, one of, our, one of the actors out, to go out and stand in the door. Because you can't just come into the restaurant. It's a secret club. You need to know the password. You have to make sure the people know the password. And escort them into the <clears throat> phone booth. So they could give the secret code to the person on the phone. So it's got a whole speakeasy thing. But when I stand out there, even for maybe the half hour that I'm out there, I want to murder everybody on the Food Network. Starting with Guy fucking Fieri. Because I don't know what it is that's premiering tonight at 8, but it has been premiering tonight at 8 for a month and a half now. Shut up. The thing that's even more annoying is that every time he sees... Guy Fieri. Bradford in all of his wide-eyed dumb ass southern retardation slash innocence says, Oh look, it's Joey Fatone. Except he never says Fatone, he says fat one. And oh look, it's Joey Fat One. I still haven't determined if Bradford actually thinks that Joey Fat1 is Joey Fatone's name or if he's making a joke or if he's just Bradford, but regardless, every time he sees Guy Fieri, he says, oh, it's Joey Fatone. And the way the buildings across the street are situated, I can see the reflection of the screen that is projecting these Food Network commercials. So Guy Fieri's face appears every 15 seconds, and every time it pops up and I see it, my brain goes, oh, look, it's Joey Fatone. And oh, look, it's Joey Fatone. And I start to beat myself up. I'm like, ah, it's this endless cycle. And fuck you. Fuck you, Guy Fieri. Fuck you so hard. Fuck you and your donkey sauce. That's what I gotta say. Okay, enough of that. I've been, wow, I didn't even know what I was. That was rambling. That was some rambling shit that I started with teeth and wound up in, I don't know, Joey Fat. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so, oh, this is pretty cool. On the business side of things, I took um, an audiobook seminar. Remember way back, in whenever episode that was, when I recorded uh, RK. Uh, where I recorded that short story that was written by uh, Kelly Combrick from N.O.T.L.P., Night of the Living Podcast, Uh, that story that was called Mrs. Lumley's Masks. Well, that got a really good response, and I've been thinking, maybe this is a good career sideline for me, because I can do it from home. Clearly, I got my own studio, and I'm used to talking on a microphone. Maybe this is something to look into. So I took this full-day seminar with a brilliant man named Johnny Heller, Holla! No, not holla. Hella! Oh, not hella. Heller. stop, I don't know. His name's Johnny something. Johnny Hale something. And it was really good. Uh, he he really likes my work. He's like, you got a lot of potential, and you know I have this whole thing to all these all these leads to track down, and it could be possibly good. The thing that's annoying though, however, is that I went back after the class and listened. To what I recorded for Mrs. Lumley's masks. And I'm like, ah, this is all wrong. Oh, mistake. Oh, ooh. So immediately I'm hearing how I can better that story. So hopefully there are more things coming down the line. And actually there are going to be things coming down the line. Because I have to take off again. What? You say what? Again? No, it's only for a week or so. Because remember when I was going to get surgery last year? On my, na- on my deviated septum? Right, that was the whole reason I recorded Mrs. Lumley's Masks in the first place, was because I was going to miss an episode because of the surgery recuperation period. Well, now it's really happening, so I'm going to be recording another short story. But who's it going to be? Whose story is it going to be? Well, I'm going to come back to that after the show, because we've got a contest brewing here. Right about now. But first, I have to finish my story about this class because the the seminar was six hours. I'm not a big fan of seminars. Versus, you know, I'd rather go to a six-week class than a six-hour seminar. Because you wind up getting so much information piled on top of you, your brain goes, like that. However, this would have been fine had it not been for Tybor. Tybor was a guy in the class with us, Tybor was the question guy. Tybor had a question every 30 seconds. Tybor's questions were never on topic, and Tybor's questions came whether he was asking for questions or not. So he was like the interrupting cow. I was in the class with the interrupting cow, you know, that joke, knock, knock, who's there, interrupting cow, interrupting moo, you know, that thing. It doesn't work with one person. But you know what I mean. I was in class with a fucking interrupting cow. And over six hours, I was murderous towards the end of this. Sh- I was like, oh, my God, if you start attacking one more time, I'm going to murder you. This girl was up there at the mic recording her audiobook segment. And Tybor stopped her to give her notes. He is not the teacher. Johnny hella is the teacher. Not you, Tybor. What the fuck kind of a name is Tybor anyway? You sound like a robot. I am the Tybor 35,000. Or or some, like, invader from space. I am Tybor from the planet itty-bitty 3.5. Fuck you, Tybor. Shut the fuck up. I'm looking at my notes from the class, and every half a page, like, in huge letters, is shut the fuck up! Scrawl, scrawl, underline, circle, circle, arrow, arrow, stab, stab. Oh, my God. Fuck you, Tybor. Fuck you so fucking hard. And as if this wasn't bad enough, but believe me, this was bad enough, I noticed on his shoulder was a white hair. I couldn't tell if it was on his shirt or poking through his shirt, but it was about three inches long, white and squiggly. And early on in the class, when he was asking one of his first thousand questions, I was like, oh, when we have a break, I should tell him he's got some hair on his shoulder. And by the time we got to the break, and, you know, 15,000 questions later, I was like, you have a pube on you! You're Tybor the pube man! I hate you! So Tybor... Fuck you! You are the douche of the millennium so far. You are my uber douche. You are the douche in my colon. That is what you are. Do you have any questions? Good! Fuck you! That's your answer. Whatever your question is, the answer is fuck you. Woo! Let's talk about some movies, shall we? Okay, what have I seen during the break that is not worth talking about at length here on the show? Well, first of all, I saw the movie ATM, which, of course, stands for Automatic Teller Machine. But in this case, it really did stand for ass-to-mouth, which I initially learned about from the Night of the Living podcast. Well, not, not actually what it meant, but I the practice, but just the, ner- the term ass-to-mouth. But that's not the... P- who... Yes. previously I was an ATM specialist. Uh, an ATM specialist. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm not. But shh. Shh. And this is a movie about these three people held in a the world's loneliest ATM freestanding bank thing at night by some mad maniac as opposed to a normal maniac. And it was not good. It had potential. But... First of all, it was a This One Bitch movie. They, they're, the the two main... The, the, the soon-to-be romantic couple, they were they were driving some drunk friend home from a Christmas party, off his Christmas party, and he's being drunk and obnoxious, and he's the one that made them stop in the first place though everything was his fault, and he was obnoxious! Throughout. So you had that really irritating character, but you got these really two nice characters. But the thing is, this movie is is based on them making stupid decisions. You know, It's... The movie can't happen unless all three characters make horrible decisions throughout. And at the end, or I should say the non-end, because the end does not make any sense, nor is it satisfying, it's really quite mean-spirited and undeserved. And for them to give us an ending that was this downbeat, you really needed to wrap it up in a tight little package. And instead, it gave you this vague, really vague, nonsensical thing. So, ATM, yeah... I'd rather you stuck your ass dick in my mouth. Isolate that. That will be the clip somebody sends to my mother. And that's okay. She taught me well. Oh, hey, I want to make an apology. Now, for those of you who've been listening, you know that I did some background work on a show that premiered recently on ABC called Zero Hour. And I've been running a contest. If anyone can spot me, on the show and tell me what i'm wearing you could win <clears throat> excuse me some fabulous swag well why are you apologizing well first of all i'm apologizing because i don't know what episode i worked on it was a long time ago they never told us what episode it was so i don't know where in the first 6 it is so <laughs> those of you who are really really want this swag have had to sit through two episodes now with no me Well, big deal. Are you that much of an egotist? No, I'm not that much of an egotist. The show is just really bad. It's a convoluted mess, and it gives me a headache to watch. I have no idea what's going on. And I don't really care either. Plus, it has premiered to abysmal reviews and even more abysmal ratings. So I don't know how much longer it's going to be on. That much said... The contest is still on. If you're watching Zero Hour and you spot me, please write me, tweet me, call me, and let me know what I'm wearing and how to get in contact with you, and you'll win some fabulous swag and probably some extra fabulous swag just for having to sit through this big shit show of a series. I also got to revisit a movie from my childhood because lately Netflix is putting out all these movies Well, I guess they're being put out on DVD, but Netflix has been making available all these TV movies from the 70s that I grew up with. And the one I got to see was Are You in the House Alone? Which was clearly riding on the cusp of the uh, When a Stranger Calls success. You know, it's a babysitter getting tormented by uh, an obscene phone caller. Except it's not. It's really just morality show. It's really more about rape. And the girl is raped, and it's all, you, know, you learn that at the beginning, that that's what happened at the end of the night with the phone calls, and then the rest of the movie is leading up to that. And again, based on, I guess it was a simpler time, I don't know, I remember not liking the movie at the time, because it was completely mismarketed, it was, mis- was built as a thriller, and it's not, it's not. When you actually get to the night with the phone calls, it's about five minutes. So it is really more kind of like an after-school special about the horrors of rape, which are horrible, and I'm not taking away from that, but it it was rather boring. And I guess because it's from the 70s, there's a whole different mind take on it. Like, they weren't going to prosecute because she wasn't a virgin. They're like, well, it's going to get thrown out of court because she wasn't a virgin when she was raped. I said, what? 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 But... I guess that was then and this is now. So yeah, we're having a lot of crazy rape things happening in our country now, or I should say attitudes towards rape. Things happening in the world at the moment, but I suppose we've uh, progressed a bit. Not enough, but a bit. But are you in the house alone? You can skip it. Although it's got a really young Dennis Quaid in it. So if you like Dennis Quaid, you might want to check it out. Or not. I don't really care what you do. Well, I do care what you do, but I don't care what you do with this movie. It's up to you. And finally, I want to talk to you about a movie called Sleep Tight. Oh oh, oh, boy, this is a good one. Sleep Tight is a Spanish film. It's from the same director who put out Wreck and Wreck 2. And it's not a monster movie and it's not a horror movie, which is one of the reasons why I'm not talking about it here. It is a tight, tight, tight psychological thriller. Very, very disturbing. Except I can't talk about it. I went in pretty much cold, not knowing anything about it. And even if you watch the trailer, you're not going to know much about it. And I think that's a great way to watch it. Because as things came up, as this guy does what he does, I was like, whoa, that is so fucked up. Not that he's doing anything particularly violent or anything particularly, I don't know, classically evil, with the violations that happen in this, you know, it's not rape, it's not murder for a while anyway. But it's makes you feel really insecure about being home alone, and it really makes you wonder who can get in here, and how long can they be in here before I notice that they're here. Now I've probably already said too much, but sleep tight. Highly recommend it. Do 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 do. Go check it out, and um, I think I've talked about long enough. So it is time to start the show. It's time to start the show. So let's play a little music. Let's do a little boogie and talk some more. See you on the other side.
3: The shit out your purse and I left it on the lawn. Ain't nothing but a doro sign. I shake that purse and I leave the shit behind. Beware the way you lost in your bag. I'm a real ghetto bitch, not a funny fag hack. I own your purse, it reminds me of a cunt. Empty it out like that time of the month. I own your purse, it reminds me of a cunt. Empty it out like that time of the month. Ah, I stole your and that's your curse bitch lord and mama i stole your purse i got a hole in my head and there's no
1: one to fix it you
4: you i got a hole in my head and there's no one to fix it you you i
3: take your purse and i own. take your man. I'm in a party and I fuck them in the back. Mind yourself a garbage bag, a satchel or zip ziplock. While you're wondering where your purse is, I will be sucking your man's cock. I shook it, I took it, ain't no apologies. You stand there crying and I say, bitch, please, you was the one who left that shit all alone. At least I didn't take your motherfucking cell phone, cell phone, bitch. ring a lang a lang ring a ling a lang
0: So one of the things that I enjoy most about doing this podcast with y'all is the search for the next big thing or like this, the hidden gems that are out there that people haven't discovered yet. And while it's fun to do this search by myself, uh, I always love the feedback that I get from all of you. You know, just hearing about what you think about what I've recommended or talked about, but also when you guys step up to the plate and recommend a movie that you've seen for the rest of us to check out. However, there is some risk when one does that because you know if that turns out to be a really bad movie that everybody hates, that reflects badly on me—that I let that information go out there without checking it for myself to make sure that everything was up, on, uh, you know, on the up and up—that it was indeed a good movie—and you're not recommending some horrendous piece of crap—and it's going to come back and bite me in the ass, which I only like when I've ordered someone to do that. Never mind. So, what is one to do? When, well, those of you who have been listening for a while know that if you are foolish enough, or, I don't know, daring enough to step up and recommend a movie for the rest of us to check out, you're putting yourself in danger. You're putting yourself, should I say, on the line. up against the wall in front of the firing squad. Because if I don't like that movie, there's going to be hell to pay. An example has got to be made of you so that the others don't go recommending things willy-nilly. So, as many of you know, last week, two listeners, not one, but two, well, well, they stepped up to the plate and said, I am willing to put my neck out or you know my ass on the line to recommend a movie called scary or die and those listeners are Kristen and Tom now the two of you know the procedure get up against that wall spread them and wait firing squad are you ready listeners are you ready scary or die. Let's take a listen to the trailer. You. Uh, see now, the movie has not because even started yet, my... and I've already got problems. Because the trailer doesn't have... Any audio besides this song. Granted, it's a great song, but it does not make for good podcasting, so Scary or Die is already getting a fuck you from me. As I said when Kristen and Tom first phoned in this title and volunteered to go up in front of the firing squad, Scary or Die has to be one of the worst names for a movie ever. It's just terrible. I didn't even get it right away that it was a takeoff on Funny or Die. I'm like you might as well call it Stupid or Die or Scary or Diarrhea. I wouldn't watch that. Well maybe I would. Nah I live with Bradford. That's enough diarrhea for any one person. Anyway Scary or Die is one of those anthology movies. Now right away I was a little put off because the Netflix review or I should say the summary Acts like it's one movie. They only talk about one of the stories. So right away, Netflix is kind of covering up the facts about this movie. And I said, hmm, what does Netflix know that I don't? So it was a great trepidation that I sat down to watch Scary or Die. And it's time, Kristen, Tom, your fate has been sealed. Scary or Die... I really liked it. I know, I know. I'm sure you wanted to get shot up just like Tommy from Toronto did. But no, I really, really enjoyed Scary or Die. It's not perfect. There's a lot going wrong. But you put it up against VHS. And when you put those two movies together, they are worlds apart. And this is far, far superior to the highly touted VHS. What makes it so much better? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, it's not that the stories themselves are great. All of them are kind of, as you said, Tales of the Dark Side, um, Tales from the Crypt, that sort of thing. Comic book sort of a feel. So the, most of them are kind of predictable. But each of the segments, there are five, each segment feels like a completely different movie. Even though it's all shot in the same area, It's you can feel the different directors, you can feel the different writers, and They're all about different types of people, different ages, different backgrounds, different locations within the city. So it feels like an anthology movie, whereas in VHS, it was five or six stories that were basically all about the same people. And the uh, found footage nature of it just made it feel like it was – I would never know it was different directors if I hadn't known that going in. The other thing about this is the frame story. One of the biggest problems with VHS is the horrible, 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 horrible frame story, which everybody hates. Now, this frame story is fairly simple. It's just somebody browsing, you know, on on the web, looking at the Scary or Die website, and on the Scary or Die die website are these little movies. You know, you click on whoever it is, the mysterious figure clicks on a link, and you see the next movie in the chain, and that's pretty much it. Is it the best frame story ever? No, it's not a great frame story at all. But you know what? It's really short. <laughs> Every time you go back to the frame story, you're there for maybe a minute tops, as opposed to other movies where you just wallowed in this nonsensical story that didn't mean anything. Um, now the stories themselves, I, I they're well told, with the exception of one. There's one that involves someone uh, who goes to a who's having a birthday party for his younger brother. And there's a clown there who evidently was not, you know, hired to be there. He's not really a clown either. He bites, he freaks out, he's attacking people. One of the kids is missing, and the brother winds up getting, well, I mean, this guy, not his little brother, get he gets bitten by the clown who's got big old fangs and kind of looks like John Wayne Gacy. And slowly he starts turning into this clown monster. And this is the one that they describe on Netflix. This is the one that apparently they put their money in because whoever this guy is whose name eludes me is somebody of some interest. And it's the longest of the segments, and unfortunately, it's the weakest. It just lays there, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like what's nice about these short stories is kind of you can overlook plot holes because they're so short. You're not getting the whole story. But since you're wallowing in this one, things really stand out. Like the reason this guy gets attacked by the clown, his mama says, oh, here's the money, you go in the kitchen and pay the clown. Which means she hired the clown. So later on, this endless mystery of where this clown came from, who is this clown? And at no point does the mama say, well, I hired him, this was the wear badges I got, or this was his telephone, no, no, they they kind of forget that she was going to give, I don't know, it was just stupid, and it was the weakest of the stories. That much said it wasn't awful. Uh, one of the stories, in fact, one of the strongest ones, is maybe about three minutes length total. Was it scary? Not particularly. Was it eerie and satisfying? Oh, yes, it was. And all these stories are pretty satisfying. Kristen and Tom didn't like the first one, which takes place in the desert in Arizona, and it's about you know people torturing you know Mexicans coming across the border who get theirs in the end. I I liked it because you know there was this, the main redneck guy was kind of sleazy, hot, like gross, hot, like I can imagine really freaky, good, weird sex, freak sex with this guy, and that's important. The other guy, however, I was, he was, Facebook, <laughs> the other actor was really, really self-conscious of the black the blackout that they painted on his teeth because he kept flashing those teeth at every possible moment. I'm like, your black keeps moving. By the way, the little fat. that was a drawback, but overall, I really enjoyed Scary or Die. So there's no execution this week. Do I recommend it? Yeah, actually, I do. It's a. I think it deserves some love. Like I said, it's not great, but I found it better than VHS. It was very satisfying, and at the end of each segment, I was very, 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 very happy. Uh, my personal favorite, I think, was the second segment, which uh, was about a lonely Asian man getting over the death of his wife who meets a beautiful girl who is not what she seems. Is it predictable? Yeah. Again, is it fun? Yeah. Mainly because it was such a radical change from the first story. This is a much higher class of people and as opposed to the rednecks, and but it, it was careful and uh, detail. Attention to that kind of a detail, the variation of things that made Scary or Die a very satisfying watch. So, Kristen, Tom, thank you very much for the recommendation. My hat's off to you. No tiara, because come on, get real. You lived. What else do you want? He didn't get raped publicly on the airwaves like Tommy did, even though he liked it, no matter how much he says he didn't, which actually he didn't say that he didn't, did he? Hmm. Heterosexual, my honey. I'm just kidding, Tommy. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Yes, I am. Of course I am. Not kidding at all. Shh. Shh.
3: Good times come to me now.
0: of forced entry sure all the doors and windows were locked i'm sure we check them every night
5: karen says you guys had to call the police is everything all right at home yeah
1: Have you experienced any unexplained illnesses or blackouts?
6: Daniel, why aren't you answering me? Daniel!
1: Feeling that you might not be in control of your own body?
3: There's something wrong with you people!
1: You cannot escape them.
0: Okay, so the main feature this week is the new sci-fi thriller that's in the theaters, Dark Skies. Now, to be perfectly honest, this wasn't on my must-see list. However, I got a call from a friend of mine begging, screaming, crying, please, 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 can we go to a matinee of Dark Skies? And I said, "Ah, all right. Now, who is this mysterious friend you might ask? Well, you can... Ask him yourself, because he's here right now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the illustrious, the elusive, the fabulous Mr. Owen Robertson. Hello! Hi, Rowan. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I am very good. I'm very good. Great to have you back on the show. I think great to be here. Okay, you sound a little crackly. What happened? Evil? That's, I guess so. You sounded fine a minute ago and now you don't. But you know what? I can fix it in post. Okay. That's what she said. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, Owen, what was the big rush to go see Dark Skies?
2: Uh, because I enjoy alien abduction movies. I was hoping for something a little more original. Okay, but okay, standard- okay, okay,
0: okay, okay. Simmer down now. Simmer down now. Okay. I did get into that yet. it was just asking. I was kind okay, of alluding I to your same- history with your alien abductions. Yes. Not, well, your personal alien abductions, but you just- Owen loves a good alien abduction story.
2: Well, because it's the closest we actually have to a possibly true supernatural happening. Because okay. I truly believe something odd is happening. Okay, I'll buy that. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that they're from outer space, but something very strange is happening. And, and it, it's been happening for so long. And so many people reported it, including uh, I, the head of the psychiatry department at Yale. I think actually he might have been fired. I'll have to look that up. I can't remember for sure. But he had so many – he had a group of people who are experiencing this it convinced him, and he wrote a book about it, and he was ostracized from the whole community. But wow. it, it does happen; it happens a lot, and something very strange is happening. And it's ghosts. I, I don't necessarily believe in an afterlife, so I don't necessarily believe in ghosts. But something is happening that we are calling alien abductions. Okay. Okay. I, I, I didn't you write something.
0: Yes, alien abductions? Right. Is there a play or something in your past about yes. alien Abduction? And,
2: and you were one of the stars of it.
0: Oh my god, that's right! I totally forgot that I was in that whole thing. Yes.
2: And you know how long ago that was?
7: It was a
0: long time ago, sir. Chumbawamba <laughs> old. There was a Chumbawamba <laughs> reference in this play. That's how old it was. That's
2: right. It was. <laughs> that was the break-in scene. <laughs> the little steps scene. I shoved <laughs> on the end. I didn't know else what else to do. <laughs> And I was the one who suggested Chumbawamba. You got it
0: from me. You got it from listening to me. Oh. (laughs) So enough about that. We'll probably come back to that later. But uh, Owen, you want to give a quickie recap of what the story of Dark Skies is?
2: Well, Dark Skies is about a suburban couple and their two young boys who seem to be encountering very strange phenomenon in their homes. Um... Weird things like birds from three different uh, packs, flocks, flocks. It's just packs (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, descending into into their yard and and, killing. You know, actually not descending.
0: They crashed into the freaking house. They suicide
2: bombed their house. Exactly. Um, Seeing weird shaped. Tall creatures hovering over their children.
0: Yeah, that's a big that's a big it's thing. Time, that's not like a little s- subtle sign there, no.
2: Exactly. Uh, but the the thing is, they're mostly traditional, which you know, I actually kind of got to hand to them that they actually didn't, dis- they, you know, decide to stick with the basic tropes of the alien abduction experience uh-huh. they didn't want to do anything outlandish they wanted to stick what to what most people actually really do experience okay people don't tend to disappear that was the main threat at the end uh you know, you know the whole little kid from close encounters thing
0: well is basically not according to ticket to ride they don't they do so according to ticket to ride <laughs>
2: Ticket to Ride because that's what we that's because we need some kind of closure. And there well, is really you said child was kidnappings ex- by the
0: little people. Yes, exactly. for possible you know, ancient sources of alien abduction stories that have made their way into folklore.
2: That was from Ticket to Ride.
0: That was from Ticket to Ride and they actually even brought that up in the movie. There was some there was a whole scene from that guy who used to be on Oz whose whose name I should know. J. T. Simmons. That's the one. Uh and he does the insurance commercial. In case him, excuse me. Yes. Right. Um. Yeah. He's the creepy old exposition guy. Yes. And that's you know he pretty much just shows up, drops plot, and leaves. Right. Which is he the job good. of the creepy old exposition guy.
2: Actually, the cast was superior for the this carry. The,
0: the cast was superior for this, but he he delivers all that stuff and he gives that speech. His speech is there were lines that were almost verbatim out of Ticket to Ride.
2: It, it really were, and which of course. I took from the many UFO abduction books mainly by um, a, the man who really actually started writing about this, uh, Bud Hopkins, mm-hmm. who, who, uh, re- who published the very first really big UFO abduction story of the modern age. I don't, I don't even know. It wasn't even an abduction story. It was about the Greys, but it was published in The Village Voice in the early 70s.
0: Okay. I'm sorry, and The Greys? That,
2: and, and Bud Hopkins wrote it, he, um, and he eventually wrote – he created the modern, quote-unquote, mythology of the alien abduction.
0: Okay, and the Greys was what he called
2: the visitors. Yes, exactly.
0: Okay, uh, just, just clarifying the for those short, who aren't familiar. short,
2: slanted-eyed creatures that look somewhat humanoid that basically look like fetuses that have been neonated – to you know, full grown, which is mm-hmm. what they think some think some people think that they are. They're actually fetuses because a lot of alien yeah. abductions have to do with taking um, embryos and eggs from women. Oh, okay. That that wasn't brought up in dark in uh, no. dark skies, but that is that is one oh. of the traditional reasons for a lot of people to being abducted. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. That makes sense. Well, it certainly happened in American Horror Story that way. Yes, it did. It certainly did. Um, Okay, so we wandered way off the point, but um, the thing that you mentioned that I have to agree with, the cast in this is spectacular for the most part. You actually turned to me after the movie – Owen turned to me after the movie and said – in a bit of a disappointed voice, you said something about how, oh, they didn't really add anything new to this, but you said – the cast held this together, like that relationship of the family. You bought 100 percent, and that is what sold everything that happened.
2: Exactly. It was nice to see Josh Hamilton in it, either who basically for the last 20 years has has basically done you know off-Broadway and Broadway plays. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: I and, looked, um, you said that to me. I didn't recognize him, so I looked him up this afternoon, and I haven't seen him in any – on broadway or off broadway but do you know what he was in do you know who he played it is the gayest oh. thing ever which is why this movie oh, ties oh, yeah, perfectly played, into the, the show son. josh hamilton played eddie's long missing yeah. son surge in the gay episode it's of absolutely, absolutely fabulous as soon as i saw that i was like
2: oh now i know i know why i know him it's <laughs> he's still gay so- but, was, but he but has he done Tom Stoppard.
0: I saw that. I saw. It. Oh, I didn't see it, but I saw it on his list, and I didn't see any of those. Right. Uh, but, and, you know,
2: and, and, he, and he started out as, a, as a, um, I, I think he was like a, a child actor on All My Children, if I remember.
0: Oh, I don't know. Didn't say anything about that. But you know, I didn't spend a heck of a lot of time. I kind of lost my shit after I saw the AB Fab credit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then there's Carrie <laughs> Russell, who plays the mom in this. And gosh, I remember when she was a Mouseketeer, Owen. Oh, really? Yes, I do. This was long before she was Felicity and got that haircut that almost brought down the WB.
2: <laughs> so she, no, she was a musketeer when like Britney Spears, uh-huh, and Justin and,
0: Timberlake. I watched it then.
2: And Ryan Gosling? Uh-huh. Wow. See, that was uh, you're a little younger than me.
0: I was watching that when I got out of college for God's sake. <laughs> oh, I was like, okay. I was in that phase, that after college phase, where I'm going to sit at my parents' house for six months.
2: Oh, it's, it's it's the phase that a lot of people do with Cartoon Network now. I see.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes, that was fine. We didn't have Cartoon Network yet, so I was dealing with right, the Mickey exactly. Mouse Club. Okay, that was a true story. I didn't really mean to tell today, but that's okay. But she was. <laughs> I really liked to see her in this adult role, and she was not really smurfy and nice either. Even before anything
2: was happening, she had an edge. She did, but she, but she was kind too, which, which I liked. Because you remember, there's a scene in it where she actually, where she needs money really bad, mm-hmm. and she's trying to sell a house. She's a realtor, yeah. And she really needs to make the sale, but she has a moment with the mother, and the mother actually asks her point blank, "Is this a good deal?" And she says, "No." Yeah, and and, and I I really liked. I actually liked both parents. they were going, I liked them both too, because. Uh, uh, you know, on top of everything else, they were going through some really hard financial problems, mm-hmm. uh, too, which mm-hmm. added,
0: you know, gravitas to everything. Yes. Um, can we talk about
2: that house that she was trying oh, to sell? This, this idea, the. the, <laughs> the, 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 the the mid-century house that I want to live in. No, it forever. was like it was. No, I mean we had
0: so much of that furniture in my house when I was oh, growing up. Do. My parents had the worst taste. This was the '70s. We had Spanish Mediterranean furniture. We had bullfight paintings, two of them. <laughs>
2: Not oh, on some, some of that was Some of that was all actually left over from the 50s in that house, that that wonderful lighting. Oh my God, there was this lamp,
0: ladies and gentlemen. There was this lamp that was like little <laughs> slices of citrus fruit. It was the tackiest thing I've ever seen. And both of us look at each other and go, Want, want that. <laughs>
2: want that. Want that now. It was uh, fabulous. It
0: was, it was like this awful 70s house. And her son actually steals, well, he figures out how to break into the house and they go in there and smoke dope. Right. And hey, his friends go in and smoke dope. I'm like, I don't want to get high in that house. I'd be freaking out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, not to spoil anything, but one of the things the aliens do is that they study. I mean, basically, we're lab rats, as mm. as someone actually references in the movie. And everything that is being done to these people is just study reactions. Uh-huh. How, and, and they can manipulate them because they have, you know, the implants, you know. Mm-hmm traditional implants that yes. can control their minds and control their realities. Yeah. Um, that
0: was something and I liked boys, too. Because I know so, sorry. Puberty, sorry. You go, you go.
2: Boys entering puberty. So that was very important to the plot too.
0: Yes. I uh, didn't get to see a lot of the trailers for it. I saw an occasional teaser. It was maybe 10 seconds long and it made it look like everything was going to be about the youngest son. And I was rather pleased that it wasn't just involving that kid. It wasn't just another kid in Jeopardy. The whole f- – it starts with him. Right. Uh, in, in the frame and of the movie, it's the, the kid is what, who, who starts to make contact first or starts to act weird first or starts showing symptoms, whatever you would like to call it, of abduction. And but
2: then it so overtakes it, the whole family. They all have sequences. Yes. That yes. are really – some of them are terrifying.
0: Yeah, absolutely terrifying. They were, I, granted, a lot of them wound up in the trailer, which is unfortunate.
2: Well, the thing is, the the scene where she enters her young son's room at night and she sees the alien hovering yeah. over him, Yeah, I had seen that clip a couple times mm-hmm. in a movie trailer and on television, yet when it happened in the movie, it still freaking scared me. It was a
0: scary j- scene. That was disturbing. Like I said, I, we had a discussion afterwards because I said my problem with the way they were – not a problem, but the thing that was freaking me out with the depiction of the aliens in this film was that they had way too much arm and way too much leg. Like their their limbs were just way too long. And I mentioned Slender Man. And Owen got all <laughs> up and he's like, they're supposed to be short. They're supposed to be Well, they be are. Short. I know. Well, hey. Or the well, Bud Hopkins, they're short. You're not – he ain't the boss of me. Hello. The aliens got us. They did? They don't want us having this conversation.
2: That's exactly what I thought. Yep,
0: yep. That's exactly what I thought. (laughs) Exactly. I thought maybe you got abducticated. Yes. Oh, shit. They're they're dissecting Owen Robinson
2: right now. Well, there are bizarre phone sequences that happen in some of these alien abduction books, too. Okay. Those books scared me to the point I thought it was – I, one time I thought it was happening to me and I kind of had a nervous breakdown for a couple of weeks. <laughs> really? It did. Okay. Well, you know, actually we've had
0: discussions about this too. And I, I, I was going through that period where I was having a lot of, um, what they call it, sleep paralysis. Uh huh. Where you keep, I would keep waking up from, well, it would feel like I had woken up from a dream and I was in my room and I would be trying to move. Yes. And exactly. I couldn't, and I would hear this sound. And would, and I would feel like there was somebody else in the room. Exactly. The same
2: thing happened to me. They, I went through that for months. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden it would clear.
0: And then it stopped, and it hasn't happened yes. since. No. Um, yeah, and of but, course but, when yeah. that was happening, we had already had our conversation about this. Oh, my God. Man.
2: Oh, no. This, this happened to me as a child when this I didn't happened, know what was This happening. happens it's, to me. Yeah. This and then you? I read these Bud Hopkins books. I said, "Oh my God, I've been abducted." And I, I said, there's there's a chance there's a chance that I think we might all have there's there's theories that this is part of our evolution. That mm-hmm. whatever these things are, they're part of us. They're part. They're just as organic to this earth as we are. Mm-hmm. They're just better hidden. Well,
0: it's just like what Veronica Cartwright said in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and she said, "Oh God, this is just like when this." Aliens. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? I was right in the middle of my Veronica Cartwright quote. I
2: yeah, I know. <laughs> when the well, any, anything having to do with a, lo, a loss in space offends the aliens. <laughs> Even if it's a relation to Lost in
0: Space, she wasn't actually on the show.
2: Or well, yes, but her sister was. Her sister—that's true. Still, uh, too we're close. way off it, the story of this. It's Doctor Smith that, that really offends. <laughs> <laughs> We never abducted him. <laughs>
0: no. We don't like her. Right. Um, yeah, we're way off topic from the movie, but I really got a kick out of the movie. The implants were very creepy, too, and well done. And the thing yeah. is, this is a terrible thing to say because it had nothing to do with anything. And actually, this was a very effective thing about the film. A lot of it, even non-suspense, non-suspense scenes, a lot of it is shot in extreme close-up.
2: Yes, I noticed that. So
0: everything too. is very, very intimate. So you exactly. really get in touch with these emotions, and even when it's just like family stuff. You really get this feeling of togetherness and this true emotional feeling. The thing was, at a certain point, I realized that Carrie Russell has a thing on her lip.
2: <laughs> You're obsessed with that. It was, It's
0: right. No, once I noticed it, I could not not see it. So I have to <laughs> inflict this on the rest of you. It was right in that space. I forget what you call it, that little ridge right under your nose.
2: Well, I have four episodes of, of The American's T vote, so I haven't watched it yet. So They really keep sending important.
0: me they keep sending me work on that show and I'm like, I have to I can't have been able to accept any of it, but I'm like, I'm afraid I'd go there and just stare at her thing the whole time. I'm like, I think I know where her I think I know where <laughs> implant is. It's right under her nose. <laughs> 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 they made her get that haircut. She, <laughs> she didn't even remember it. Um, there's a great scene. It's in the trailer too, uh, where she freaks out and starts banging her head. Oh yeah, against the glass in front of these people that she's showing a house to. That I thought was really scary.
2: It was really effective. You know what I also like about the movie? We never see any, even a hint of a UFO.
0: No, nothing. It was a very low budget movie, and I thought that was very effective too. Yes. Um, so and again, I,
2: that's something that happened that that does happen in actual alien abductions. There are no UFOs hovering over these people's houses. Mm-hmm. They just, they can actually do something to matter to actually break, They come right in through walls and windows mm-hmm. they, and eat uh, your food out of the fridge You okay, just leave well, it on the floor. That, I like, I like, that was a dick move. That food? Yeah. That was that weird thing. That whole uh, poltergeisty thing that started out with where they're actually just making messes, which are, is, which is kind of, Different from a lot of it, I've never actually. Well, they, they started making
0: messes and they also started leaving marks.
2: Exactly, and there was a whole actual poltergeist reference where all those um, whatever that was that was the yeah the tape. All so the- I think I, – actually, I think that was to throw us off to make us think that it was an actual ghost story, not a UFO abduction story. Yeah,
0: but it, then it wouldn't be called Dark Skies. But True. But there, there was a lot of terrifying stuff in it. It could have played as a ghost movie as well. I, there were a lot of – just the, the scares like in theory were small, didn't involve special effects, but I found them really scary. And what really surprises me, the reviews are scathing.
2: No, the New York Times gave it a good review.
0: The New York Times gave that's all that matters. But I looked at Rotten Tomatoes, and it's only got a 31. Most of the things are just
2: like, bleh, Because Boring. it something that is a little too outré, unless it's like Steven Spielberg directed. Did you just say it, outré? Outré.
0: I have a listener named Trey. No.
2: Outré. It was outré. <laughs> it was outré. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, Trey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay we're back now you used a big word to just uh, i'm not used to that kind of language on my show okay. no it's classy i like it but you know we don't <laughs> normally talk like that here oh god um yeah i was just surprised you had actually said that you thought the movie had kind of missed its window
2: no no yeah it did it, it came out you know this it, it was total x files um i mean there are a lot of X-File references, but again, X-File took a lot from those alien abduction yeah. books too. Yeah, well,
0: and I said to Owen when he said that, I said, I, yeah, that's true, but I didn't mind because it was, it was a story that was really well told. It was a familiar story. exactly, But that it didn't take well away told. from the fact exactly. that it was extremely well told. Uh, and also, sad thing, you know, these kids today don't know their
2: history – that's true. Because no, I, think, was, it was told That's exactly what I thought. This, there are kids who have never even heard of the X Files. I
0: was going to say I had that
2: conversation. Like, oh yeah, that's, David Duchovny. will older was, than
0: Ticket to Ride. Somebody said that that X. Somebody on YouTube said that David Duchovny, Duchovny used to be a judge on the X Factor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured out that whole thing because I realized when we were growing up, you know, there were three to five stations. Yeah, Very right. limited things to watch. So right. these kids today, they have everything catered to them for every single age. There's no reason exactly. to ever look back in time at anything. So that's what's the matter with you kids today. <laughs> exactly. That's why you have drag queens on RuPaul's Drag Race who don't know who Little Edie is.
2: Well, that's just wrong. Did you see that? No, I, okay. I don't
0: watch Drag oh, okay. Race. Okay, they had the snatch game, which, where, you know, it's the match game and they all have to do celebrity impersonations and yeah. one of them... Was doing Little eighty and they were all like, Ugh, "That's so stupid." I'm going to do Madonna.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile,
0: these Little D- Edie rocked the house, but
2: <laughs> these drag queens do not know about their gay heritage.
0: How can you represent the whole community if you do not know your history? Exactly. Thank you very much. Um, so, well, what was the other fact? And you're just leaving Dark Skies for a while because I re- I liked it. I recommend it. I don't. Maybe for thirteen bucks, not so much, but for a rental or a matinee.
2: Oh, definitely. definitely. I liked it's it. A good scare. It's a really
0: good scare. Yeah, yeah, it's a and good scare. It's
2: psychologically bars. interesting and it has some good performances.
0: Yeah, and I kept waiting. I kept hoping. I don't know why. I just felt like any moment Josh Hamilton was going to take a shirt off, even though he didn't.
2: Yeah, because because I bet he's got a real man's body. Not I bet he a does. Body, just just a really really nice. Non-worked-out Tom Stopper body, exactly. <laughs> Tom Stopper body.
0: Yes, yes. So, Stopper. so what was the what was the other factor? Just leaving this for a while. You know, in your show, Ticket to Ride, what was the other
2: big you know theme? It, I, 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 it was a, it was a play about love, alien abduction, and Karen Carpenter. Uh huh. That's Ticket to Ride. That was Ticket to Ride, and, and those are three themes that run through. The whole story.
0: Yes. And and and, can
2: you guess what song I'm going to go out on, Owen? Uh, the one that our awful director who wouldn't let me put in the play? That would be the one. <laughs> it's Calling Occupants from Interplanetary Crafts. Yes. Now, now, can you
0: explain what this song <laughs> was written for? Because <laughs> well, it, it was written for a very special occasion, if I'm not mistaken.
2: All I know, well it was written by a group called Clatoo, which I think is they derived from the Clatoo Barada Nikto.
0: Yeah, but oh, that uh, I didn't uh, know. I just assumed it was.
2: No, no, uh, Richard. Richard didn't write it. No, oh, no, he God. didn't write it. He, he, that's actually one of the few songs that they recorded in later in their careers. Okay, uh, that they didn't write. And No, they, he 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 was a big fan, and Richard uh, also said he's a big science fiction fan. Uh huh. But um. And it's and to have someone with that incredibly innocent voice that Karen Carpenter has to actually sing this song, mm-hmm. and it, it 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 is so warmly inviting. Mm-hmm. Well, because it was for an event. Well, which event was it for? That uh, the World Intergalactic oh, right. Contact yes. Day. Contact Day, yeah, whatever that is. But that was something that this group Clatoo indulged in, I guess. Okay. I don't even know if it was a real it was
0: if it was an actual real I don't care it's real to thing. me. And but I don't every, care about Klaatu. I want Karen Carpenter to be behind that whole movement. Exactly. Karen Carpenter to being the face of World Intergalactic Contact Day.
2: <laughs> exactly. Because she's she's just she at the end she was a skinny <laughs> great. That was awful. <laughs>
0: Owen Robinson, thank you so much for joining us again here on the Screen Queens Horror Podcast. <laughs> oh my god. Now get out of here before, I don't know, before they, they hang up on us again. Okay, talk to you soon. In your mind you have capacities you know To telepath
7: messages through the vast unknown Please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think
8: upon the recitation we're about to see.
1: interplanetary, most extraordinary craft. Calling
6: occupants of interplanetary craft. Calling occupants of
1: interplanetary
7: We are your friends Calling our of interplanetary Quite extraordinary craft
8: your post about not having any voicemails, so we decided to yeah, call in and talk episode. about a couple other movies we watched. I see. Uh, the first one is The Pact. It's the... uh it's available on on Netflix. It's uh, it's different. It's kinda slow. Um but it's got a good combo of like supernatural and like suspense. Okay. Uh going on throughout. Um doesn't have a big budget. And it Nothing definitely probably could have used some polishing if they would have, uh, you know, I think if they would have like gone through the script a couple of times and kind of polished things up, it would have been even better. But it was a good, it was good for what they had to work with.
0: Silence, silence.
9: Um, oh. Pretty much the same thing. There you go, Tom. Well done, and uh, capitalizes on one of my fears of things sucking around under beds and in walls and Ooh. other places like that where, you know, if you think about it too much, you're not going to sleep.
8: And the other one that we watched uh, is called Intruders. It's also on instant. It's got climate one in it, so I uh, candy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really
0: slow-paced,
8: uh-huh. and if you're not in the right mood, you'll get kind of... Uh, Raped? you'll get tired Fox. of it. It's really uh, slow. It's got a lot of atmosphere and your mm-hmm. moment, you're kind of confused as to what's going on. And like we watched it at the end of like a, of a kind of a movie marathon. And so by oh. that time we were just going, what the hell is going on? What, what is this? <laughs> um, my recommendation would be to, you know, go into it. Don't really know anything about what you're watching. Mm-hmm. Just kind of go into it with an open mind and just expect, you know, it to be kind of slow but I, I think thought the payoff slow. was really good. I, I liked how it it all came together at the end. Yeah. And once I did figure out what the big like twist was, it started making the movie a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. And it's almost
8: one that you would have to watch a couple of times really to get the full effect of. You're probably right. But um, overall, it's it's really it's worth it's worth it's worth a watch. It, it, it's kind of creepy. It's really creepy at times. It, Is it creepy? It's uh creepy it's got some really good like moments of ugh. Uh? but um yeah i would uh. definitely recommend it if if you're into interested in something that's not going to you know make you jump out of your chair and not gory you know no it's, it's not but it's it's definitely a good kind of mystery supernatural type thing which is really you know it's it's good if you're in the right mood um but that's it anyway no uh, it's not you're something. <laughs>
0: Okay, Tom's slow with the pickups today, but that's okay. I still love you. Thank you for the recommendations. Now, some of you might remember that uh, this call and the next call from Kristen and Tom are from the last episode. Uh, they had left a... There was only a couple of voicemails, and since they left three, it would have been a really whole lot of Kristen and Tom, and I didn't want a Zombart situation. Not that there's anything wrong with a Zombart situation, because we haven't had one in a really long time, but... You know, just figure it out, space it out. But uh, I've seen both of these movies. I saw The Pact, and to be perfectly honest, I remember virtually nothing about it. I watched it on somebody else's recommend. I didn't dislike it, but I don't know if I was tired or sick or cranky or menstrual or whatever, but I just, it didn't stick with me. So, but everybody else that I hear talking about it, enjoy the hell out of it. So I might go back and watch it again. Now, speaking of going back and watching it again, Intruders, I actually got to see a uh, free screening of that, I guess it was last summer, with uh, well, courtesy of Rich and the Dark Side Horror Movie Meetup Group here in New York City, and uh, through Fangoria Magazine, and the director was there, and I think he was either Spanish or Italian, I forget. He didn't speak English very well, and he gave a little speech beforehand, not a Q&A because he couldn't handle that because of the language barrier, and what he said was very interesting. And it kept me from being bored by the film because it is slow. He said, and I'm not even going to do an accent because it's just silly. He said, I didn't make a horror movie. That was not my goal. It's not about the horror. It is about how fear, I'm sorry, it's about fear and how fear gets passed down through generations. And um, the evolution of fear and this, 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 Almost genetic passing of fear, and so there were scenes that were creepy, like you said, and I said, this is kind of almost scary, but then I put myself in that situation like I see how this is working. I see this evolution of fear and this 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 um, family history of fear that just keeps getting it's inherited by the next generation and that made it a really interesting film for me. Again, like you said, it wasn't great. It had a lots of atmosphere, and that was cool. It did not have a lot of scares, but once I had that explanation in my head that this was not a horror movie, this was a psychological study of fear, I very much enjoyed it. I didn't talk about it on the show, because it, it just, there was a lot that summer, and also, it's hard to talk about. And I wasn't sure how people were going to feel about it, and from what I understand, a lot of people don't like it, but they don't have the insight that I had. And now that you have. So go back and watch it again and let me know what you think. And, uh, oh, wow, look at that. You called back. Yeah, you said that's it for now. Liars. Liars. I bet it's Tom's fault. Or Mel's. It's probably Mel's. I know I wasn't even on the call, but Mel ruins everything.
9: <laughs>
8: okay, laugh at me because we got cut off. And uh-huh. that's just really funny. So <laughs> just laugh. Laugh, damn uh-huh. you. Ha uh-huh. ha.
0: Um, okay, that makes sense why Tom only said half of his name. I didn't even realize you guys had gotten cut off. This is what's the problem with being honest. Had you not said anything, I just would have thought you had difficulty hanging up the phone. But now that you've confessed to being cut off, there's only one thing I can do. (laughs) Losers. Thanks for calling.
6: Hey, Patrick. It's Michelle in Nashville Bonsoir, hello. mon hello. Um, bonbon. just what? wanted to give you head a what stories from my nine one one call. Oh yeah, my stories from nine one one. Two days ago, we got a phone call from a woman who was very, very upset. She mm. dialed from her cell phone, and she wanted an officer to come over to her house to help her find her cell phone. I'm gonna let that sink in for a minute. <sighs> She dialed from her cell phone for us to help her find her cell phone. She wanted us to call it so she could hear it. And when we told her it would probably be busy, she finally put it together in her head. And there you go. (sighs) Then we had an old lady call because she thought her husband was dead and she was very upset. Um, And we asked her if she wanted to do CPR. And she's like, yes, I'll do CPR. And she gets up to him, and she starts punching on his stomach, and then he takes this big inhale. She screams, and he screams, So he's like, ah, 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 and what it was, it turns out he was never dead. He's like, what? She's screaming, I thought you were dead, and he's like, what, what are you talking about? I thought we had somebody robbing us, and what it was, if he's got sleep apnea, which you know of, so he what? was breathing very shallow.
3: Uh-huh.
6: Say Now he has one of the CPAP machines. Oh. Um, but it was good because he wasn't dead. so yay yeah. yay. Anyway, I love you. I'm glad the show is back. Aww. And that was my very quick phone call message for you. Love you.
0: love you more Goodbye. Oh Michelle, my sweet darling, I have been craving for one of these tales from 911 calls for so long and I got two and they were both so stupid. I mean, not you. Now you're telling the story. People are so stupid. Stupid. That first lady, crack is a terrible thing. Crack is a terrible, 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 terrible thing. I can't even, I don't even, I can't, I can understand the second woman mistaking somebody as dead. I do that all the time. Well, not all the time, but often enough. I thought the cat was dead the other day, but he wasn't, thank the Lord. But, um... She punched him in the stomach. Because that's how you do CPR. I thought he was going to throw up on her or poop. But either way, the the screaming back and forth was awesome. Awesome, awesome. And Michelle, my darling, I'm so sorry, so sorry we did not get to connect when you were in the New York air... Wait, was it you? Was it you? Was it you who was in New York? I forget now. There's something... I forget. There's so many... I don't know. I'm terrible with meeting people. If it's... (laughs) If it's not Steven and Brandon or Dan Dominguez, who never calls in the show anyway, I never meet anybody. It's terrible. I'm a horrible person, but you love me anyway, and that's the important thing. I need love from strangers, (laughs) which takes me back to that rabbi I met after the Nightmare Haunted House. But you never mind. If you don't know that story too bad, go back and listen to it. I don't have time to repeat the entire conversation just for your benefit. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you all very much for tolerating. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay,
5: don't I have another call? I have another call. I have a call. Shh, shh, shh. I'm playing a call. Hey, Patrick. It's Tommy from Toronto, Hi, and Tommy. I'm just calling to talk about the Citadel, uh, which you saw last week, I believe, yes, and you mentioned Citadel. it on Facebook. And this is the second time I saw it. I just finished watching it. And the first time I saw it was back in the fall, and it scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, cycling home in the dark didn't help matters any. Some but so um, Yeah, so I just watched it again, and it still really holds up. It's very creepy and just great, great atmosphere. Now, you mentioned that you felt like you were missing a reel. Like, you liked it, but you felt like there was something missing nice. or it was... There's something confusing, I'm not quite sure. But maybe it helps to know that the writer-director was actually beaten up by a gang of hoodies and developed agoraphobia, which is kind of the the subject of this this film. And part of his recovery from this whole thing was writing this script. And so if you watch the film sort of as an allegory for his recovery through agoraphobia, maybe it makes a little bit more sense. It is a little bit muddy, the, the plot, and it's a, you know, a little confusing at times. But anyway, it's still really good. And I also want to remind uh, all the screamers out there to check for a movie called Attack of the Werewolves. Uh, I Ooh. saw it last fall, and it was called Game of Werewolves, but now it's out as Attack of the Werewolves. And Terrible it's a Spanish title. werewolf film. It's really Ooh. good. Uh, lots of good special, well, special effects, werewolf effects, that sort of thing. I um, think so. And it's quite funny, and it's really quite well done. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. It's a really enjoyable film. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye.
0: Okay, Tommy, thank you for calling in. As always, it's always a pleasure to hear your sexy tenor voice. But, um, yeah, The Citadel, I didn't get it. That, what you What you said just now explains it a bit more that I, if I think of it more as an allegory and not so much as a linear story— it does make a lot more sense because there are some gaping plot holes and confusing bits. And I have a thing about feral children movies. I don't really care for them. They have to be really well done for me to like them. And I, I think the whole, what's his name, Jack Ketchum? Between his feral children and the women in, you know, that are chained up getting you know, finger fucked with you know, household products. I, I, don't, yeah, I don't really care for, I don't get them. Maybe because I don't have kids. Maybe because I don't particularly have any contact with kids and they don't scare me like they used to do anymore or freak me out. I don't know. I I, I, I didn't... And this, I, I don't know. I can't even talk about it because I'll spoil it because I think other people might like it and I don't want to talk about it too much because it is a simple plot. Um, also, the accents put me off and the fact that there was no subtitles on the DVD that did not make me happy. Yeah, it's Irish accents and I understand understand it pretty well, but that, I think, was also helping me feel like I didn't know what was going on, that I felt like I wasn't understanding them. Do, I under- do you understand what I'm talking about? No, too bad. Too bad. Too bad. You said a boot, by the way. You t- totally let off with a boot, and that makes me really happy, because you're Canadian, and that's hilarious. Ah. <laughs> thank you, sexy man. Talk to you soon.
4: Hey, Patrick, it's Mel, your favorite evil tree from Ohio. Calling in for the first time in a while. Uh, I meant to try and get this in before the last show, so forgive me for my procrastination. That's uh, okay. Between you and uh, Heather Jones, uh, I uh, caught Megan is missing. Hey, oh, uh, Heather, yes. All I have to say is that was easily the worst thing ever that I have seen. I don't mean bad, like bad quality. I mean, seriously the Seriously? most horrific thing ever. And much like, you know, you had said in the last show, I I, I can't even recommend this film at all.
2: No, I don't even know exactly. if I can
4: recommend it as a warning because literally, you know, Alfred Hitchcock had said, you know, it, not showing something, you know, it, 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 it leaves your imagination to think of something worse. And honestly, this movie was worse than anything that I could honestly imagine. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it starts off with putting up such a front that I literally have not wanted to crawl through a screen and throttle people or fall falling down on someone so badly in my life, but let alone when it finally gets going into yeah. the, the direction of the abduction and the horror and the last 20 minutes of live footage on the camera. But, but, mm-hmm. It's crawling in a level that I have not been able to get out of my head for... Exactly yes a long time and uh, uh one thing i will say though that didn't help the the thing and the the feel of the movie was the uh the voice of the predator uh, in the film reminds me of h john benjamin too much or the guy who does the voice of bobs burgers or coach mcgurk from home videos and and picturing that guy behind everything was, it didn't help until it, it actually got to you know the the Scenes of the behind the scene with the camera. Yeah, uh, in the last twenty here. minutes. Kitty, but, kitty, kitty, kitty. Um, yeah. ugh, just no. It's, it was icky. It was crawly. It was terrifying, and I've never been so utterly repulsed by a movie.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, it is. that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Um, but I'm back, and I'll yeah. try and make myself a bit more regular here and there as I watch uh, things. Excuse me. Um, catch you later. Bye.
0: Okay, Mel, glad to hear from you again. Um, I don't really want to know about your regularity problems, okay? It's not that kind of a show. It will never be that kind of a show. We talk about diarrhea more than regularity. You never never. Okay, Katie, please get off the keyboard. Yes, Sebastian's here. I don't know if you heard the jingling of his bell. I think he did now. Um, but he's helping me podcast, which means he's knocking everything over and laying on the keyboard. So, please please excuse any feline deliciousness that might occur in the next whatever we're talking about here anyway uh yeah Megan is Missing is brutal it's a brutal 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 film and the thing is I understand what you're saying at the beginning because everybody is really quite annoying these party kids are awful but I have to say I have a niece like that yeah okay she's grown up now I but when she was younger she was like Megan She probably still is in a certain kind of a way. I mean, she's in her 30s and still plays beer pong. Hello? Hello? But yeah, she ran away with the Backstreet Boys and I'm not kidding. She apparently dated one of them. Uh, Give me a second because I got to figure out who it is. It was not Joey Fatone or Guy Fieri. Who the hell was it? Ah! Nick Carter. That's who it was. It was Nick Carter. Yeah, she was in high school. She went to a concert and never came home. And her parents got a call From her, hi, mom, I'm in Europe, I'm dating Nick Taylor from the Backstreet Boys, I'll be home whenever. And she was gone for months. For months. And she claims nothing ever happened. She's like, oh, no, we just used to talk all the time. Yeah, sure, he paid for you to go to Europe with them. And stay for months, and nothing ever happened. Megan. Oh, well, yeah, but the last 20 minutes of that are brutal, and part of that, it... it, now, Mel, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you've seen the movie, any of you, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's parts where the camera is just lingering. for It seems like forever, and there's this begging, and there's this activity going on on the side, and you're just going, please, something else happen. Please, please, something else happen. Please either move forward or cut... Or show me something else, show me anything else, because I cannot stand the horrific boredom of this scene. You get so bored watching this, but yet you don't get so bored watching this because it's so fucking awful. So yeah, I can't really recommend it, but I do and I don't. So it's complex, and I'm glad I ruined your life, Mel, because you know why? You didn't show up at the Panera Bread Company when you could have met me and Mr. Bradford. So there, you evil tree bastard. Thank you for calling, though.
9: Bye! Patrick! Hi, it's Chad from Boston. I know I haven't hey called in Boston. like ages, but oh. I have been a faithful listener all along. Just oh. have not had time to to watch movies like I would like to. I'm so far oh, behind on no. my viewing list. But oh, I have okay. been faithfully listening to you and your reviews and have my list based on your recommendations of things I want to get caught up on when I have time. Okay. Um, I loved your comment about not sticking with the... New York City Gay Men's Chorus for one of the concert blocks because yeah. um, I totally feel that as an employee of a certain gay <laughs> chorus, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I do not have that option.
0: No, you should don't. Should
9: there happen to be a concert series that I'm not feeling, not that isn't one right now, the March concert. But anyways, um, yes. just looking forward to your review of Dark Skies, please. I hope it's really good because I'm really in the mood for a really good modern contemporary scary horror movie, and I hope it's great. Um, the other thing I've started, started watching, I received for Last Christmas a set of two series that I heard a lot about, and so my partner bought it for me, and I finally cracked it open and watched the first one, and uh, it was...
0: I didn't hear what you said. Okay. Okay.
9: <laughs> it was fun. Um I'm here talking to the other three, though, hello um, are okay i mean there's some great scares and some some really fun shots but there's some really awful awful um characters and dialogues but whatever um okay. i'm gonna slog through the other three and see what it's like and that's all i just wanted to say hi and,
0: Hi. um <laughs> oh, looking forward to reviews okay bye 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 sweetie chad sweetie honey pickle baby lamb chop i don't know what you said your voice completely cut out when you said you're watching the box set of I don't know what. I just went back and listened three more times. Your voice is completely gone. So I'm really sorry you're not particularly enthralled with whatever it is you're watching right now. But I am very happy that you continue to watch, listen to the show even though you're busy because you're a busy superstar man. And I told you that after I met you that you're a big superstar. Super, superstar. Um... Catherine Mary Gallagher's got nothing on you, and your armpit smell better than sh- than hers did, too. I got nothing. I'm sorry. I'm still battling the cats for control of the microphone, and uh, as yeah, and now we're rolling on the belly and knocking the mouse over and falling off the desk. Professionalism, kids. That's what it's all about. Thank you for calling, Chad. Please do let me know what it is that you didn't like, so I can tell other people that you didn't that they. You're, or rather, I, I, I forget it. Just let me know what you were talking about. Okay, thanks. Bye.
7: Hey, Patrick. Hey, Screamers. This is Betty calling oh, in a hi. solo voicemail regarding mm. Scary or Die, which okay. was the film that Kristen and Tom suggested Patrick watch and were willing to go up against the wall for. Wow, I watched it yesterday afternoon, and all I can say is, what were you guys thinking? I, I can't oh. imagine that Patrick's going to have anything good to say about this I film. Um, you don't know. It's me. an anthology. It's got five different stories, and right away, when you got five different stories in a feature length movie, you know you're going to cut some short. And in this case, that was a blessing because really the only one worth watching was uh, the clown one, which, you know, there's a a clown with sharp, scary teeth a la Pennywise um, Mm -hmm. on the cover of the film or, you know, the thumbnail for the film. And that's because it's the only one worth watching. It was okay. It was pretty good, actually, and only probably because I watched the first three segments before it, and they were so bad. Oh. Um, the acting all throughout this film is atrocious, and the uh, the actors they double up and they they uh, you know will be more than they'll have more than one role in the film, um, and in one case the actor that played a detective in the clown one just before the segment right before he was he was a murderer and he didn't even change his suit he was wearing the same exact clothes the he same, the same person, jacket dumb, suit dumb. and tie as his second character and i'm like damn the guy didn't even change his clothes
9: so you know stupid. for the
7: two different You're segments he must have filmed it like in a couple of hours Oh, my gosh, guys, it was bad. (laughs) I would have probably turned it off if I didn't want to leave a voicemail about it. I will say, with the clown one, the makeup was really good for the clown. It was pretty scary looking, and it did have some semblance of a story. It, It seems like the filmmaker had the clown story, which on its own might have been an entertaining short. And then he thought, well, why don't I take every other monster that I can think of, put them in a blender, and spit out these mediocre stories to put all around the clown one. And I think that's what his thought process was, because that's how it seemed to me. So, oh, guys... I just didn't like it. And you know me, I try to find the best in every movie I watch. I always find something good about it. So I guess I can say the clown makeup was good, but that's all I got. <laughs> so, But Patrick, be kind. Kristen and Tom, they're nice people. Give them a cigarette and a blindfold before you pull the trigger on this one. And that's it, and I will talk to you later. Bye.
0: Well, well, well. Look who it is. Eve Harrington. You couldn't make it over there in the UK, so you come crawling back to Scream Queens. But let me tell you something. Scream Queens doesn't go for booze and dope. Okay, that was a weird montage of real life and Valley of the Dolls, and it didn't really work. But you know what? Deal with it, slut. Slutting yourself out to anybody with an accent. I see how you are. (coughs) Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree, Betty, because I got a kick. F, scary, or die. I see, all you, see everything that you said. I hated that clown thing, though. The clown thing made me want to rip my hair out. I was bored and irritated. But everything else had this weird kind of comic book earnestness to it for me that I appreciated. And like comic books, they weren't really that scary. But I had fun getting there. And if you didn't, that's too damn bad. And if you didn't notice that the characters that you quote were wearing the same outfits were the same characters, that happens throughout the movie. And there are links to somewhat like in uh, what's that other movie Ah, Trick or Treat where characters are popping up in the background of other stories such as that woman from the voodoo segment she crawls through at some point just about every other segment in some street scene you see her limping along so this is all happening in the same universe and you didn't catch that because you're ignorant and you're too busy throwing yourself at gay men that don't eat meat which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, and you know what, you're not, you're not alone, though, because Badger Angel fucking hated it, too, she sent me this nasty note, like, that was the worst fucking thing I've ever seen, blah, 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 so, you know, I don't know, I, I maybe it just got me in the right mood, I watched it, you know, still tucked into bed on a lazy morning when I didn't feel like getting up, and I had a good time, so, um, you know what, I don't really care what your fucking opinion is, because you go and slut yourself out to other shows, that's what, I expect my hoes to be loyal, I'm going to smack my bitch up. That's what I'm going to do. Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I would never do that. But you know what? When I'm threatening to physically assault my listeners, it is time to end this show for another week. See, I don't have an ending anymore because he stole that from me. Justin stole that from me. And he's stealing you. You never loved me. You don't love me. You never loved me! Now we're being dramatic, and that's fun. But hey, everybody, if you want to be like all these cool people that called in and made the show even better than it was going to be anyway, by all means, do leave me a voicemail at 347-767-3509. Or you can write to me at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, that's Queens with a C. You can like me on Facebook, you can follow me on Twitter, and you can just, I don't know, pet your pussy in front of a microphone, because that's what I'm doing right now. I'm stroking it slow and soft. Ooh, what a happy furry pussy I have right here. Um, So, you know what, before I talk about what's going to be happening next time, I have a couple of things I want to bring up. First of all, I mentioned earlier that... um, I'm going to be taking uh, an episode off to go get my surgery. There'll still be an episode of the show, but in advance, I'm going to record another audiobook-style segment of an original short story, but I haven't figured out whose yet. Whose story am I going to do? I don't know. That's up to you. If any of you out there are writers or know a writer and they have a short story that I could possibly read in about a half an hour, something that doesn't have too many characters, by all means, send it to me. I will be selecting what I think will be the most suitable for the show, and I'll be reading it aloud the week of April 4th. Sebastian? Yes, Sebastian's very excited about this, too. He's rubbing himself all over the microphone. Thank you, thank you. So you got audible pussy action now, too. This is what you don't pay for. Uh, Oh, yeah, but (laughs) this was great. This is a funny thing that just happened, and I'll forget to talk about it for next time, so I'm going to talk about it right now. I just came in. Got home from a trip through Midtown Manhattan, which is always delightful at this time because, you know, I had to go through Times Square. and I hate going through Times Square because it's a tourist nightmare. And as I'm walking through, it's just, I've talked about this before with the costume characters, but in front of Toys R Us, there were not one, not two, not three, but four, but five Elmos all in a cluster, and it looked like some weird fluffy porn or a uh, plushy porn was about to bust out at any moment. Elmo gangbang, I don't know. He's already had one sex scandal this year. Bring on another one. But then I see like another Elmo walking down the street with two Hello Kitties on either arm. I'm like, what has happened to my town? But this is not the point because the amazing, most amazing thing happened when I got to the next block in Times Square. I see the structure set up and I'm looking at it. I'm going, what the hell is this? It was a rally station for uh, a fundraiser for uh, some group that's against colorectal cancer. And they have all these people out singing and dancing and giving out stuff. But what was amazing in this tent was a gigantic walkthrough colon. It was like the funhouse. You know, that rotating barrel thing. Okay, it didn't rotate, but it was like a colon that you could walk through. And it had all the stages of cancer. Healthy colon to uh, final stages of colon cancer. So you could walk through and look at cancer close up. And I'm just like, okay, there's a colon in the middle of Times Square. But the thing is, you had kids running through the whole thing like, yay, yay, I'm in the colon. But it's amazing. This dad was yelling at his little boy, honey, come out of the colon. We got to go. It's almost, we got to go meet grandma for dinner. Please come out of the colon. He's like, I'm staying in the colon. It's fun in here. I'm deep in the colon. I'm like, oh, my God. I hope you grow up gay. Because I know... Because at least this will count as practice for being deep in someone's colon. Anyway, that's disgusting. But that's what this show is all about a lot of the time. So uh, next time, I have a lot of things in the works. I've been watching a lot of stuff and I've been recording a lot of stuff that is in the bank. Uh, I'm going to be talking about at some point in the next few weeks, uh, Grave Encounters Part 2. Bradford and I already recorded our review of that. I'm going to be sitting down with Casey Criswell, I almost said Casey Kasem. Huh? Casey Criswell from Bloody Good Heart to talk about The Devil's Rock, which is uh, going to be a crapshoot segment. If you want to play along at home, it's available on Netflix instant. I also saw, um, God, what was that movie? Ah, got Britney Snow in it. Oh, God. Ah, ah, would you rather? Maybe talking about that. And we'll probably be talking about The Last Exorcism, too. So if you want to play at home, I just gave you four titles. So get on it. And of course, next time, on Monday, I'll be sitting down with the composer, Danny Piro to finally talk about zombie prom. And by the time you get to it, will be like, who cares? I'm bored. I don't care about the show anyway. But fuck you. It's my show. My show. You will, you will love it because I told you to love it. God damn it. So, until next time, continue to keep the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, I remember when you were a child and so fascinated with them alien shows.
6: You wanted to get abducted by them so bad. Why, I haven't caught you giving yourself an anal probe with a cucumber that time. And then that other time. And then that other, other time. Haven't eaten a pickle since.
5: Is there anyone mm-hmm. voicemail? Um, no. That was the only voicemail there. Oh, no, I take that back. There's one other thing.
7: I think
1: so. Just when you thought it was safe to go and check your voicemail. Yo, where you at, bitches? <laughs> Skillet, we need the death. Cup pops your ear and open and floods your skull with a <laughs> sizzling load of cheese You hear that? That's your brain getting pregnant. (laughs) Yes, pathetic human cock jockeys, it is I. Unspeakable evil swooping down upon you out of a moonly sky. Eyes blazing, things glistening, (laughs) tongues lobulating, talons flashing, nipples proofing, gonads pre-lubricating, and... and you know, actually, this is sounding more like Star Jones at the All-You-Can-Eat Sunday Bar, but no! <laughs> it is I, phlegm, phlegm, and unholy skirt of the skies, eternal profaner of the sacred, and bringer of excruciating death to the ignorant, the ignorant, ignorant. It <laughs> Words are hard. Um, are stupid not. people. How about stupid people? A death to the stupid people. Uh, and ass fuck me sideways with a rusty pogo stick. You people are stupid. Yes, you. You gaggle of lazy eyed, four nostrilled, flipper headed thalidomide babies, otherwise known as the Night of the Living Podcast Crow. And don't think I didn't notice that you all just snuck. In your birthdays while well, I wasn't looking. Hmm. Very sneaky. Well, congratulations. Another year of you all spending your Saturday nights sitting on the toilet, pinching out a loaf, rubbing one out with the one hand, and eating seven-layer bean dip with other acts, A lot of you, and the world is that much better because of you. Oh, um, oh you know. A side note. Um, mom, mommy. I just want you to know that I'm fine. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about me. I'll be home for my birthday party. And, uh, oh, and could you tell Mr. Smoopy Brant that I miss him very, very much. And I will see him very soon, okay? <laughs> okay. Oh, shut up, you. <sighs> fine. My mother listens to the show, okay? You know, just like Amy. Amy, her mom listens to the show, right? I mean, that's what she says all the time. Enough so to become her new annoying catchphrase, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever the conversation gets too coarse and morally questionable for her delicate little ears, she says, my mother listens to this show. Except that she says it all high and whiny like this. My mother my mother listens to this show. My mother, my mother listens to this show. <laughs> Amy. Amy. I just want to know. Was your mother listening to the show when you said this? No. Ass to mouth is fantastic. <laughs> or oh, how about when you said this? Put your mouth on my ass. <laughs> hmm. So, either you deliberately gave your mother a stroke, or your family has very unconventional ways of showing affection to one another. <laughs> You know, either way, I want to party with you, baby. Oh. <laughs> Just wipe that chocolate mustache off your face first. Because oh. that's nasty, baby. <laughs> you nasty. Whew. Okay, I got a boner right now. So, uh, no, no, no. Uh, but before I do... Okay, everybody stop listening for a second. Hmm? Mom? Mommy? Mom? Mommy? You know, Baby Girl isn't my favorite song, crusty old hag. This is. Enjoy it, Father. <laughs> Ciao. Hey, there, Georgie girl,
5: swinging down the street so fancy. <laughs> Nobody you meet, I can't the breathe.
2: Catch the to mouth is fantastic, uh, isn't it, Amy? Yeah. It's
9: hey, girl, I was um, slandered Georgie via audio. Girl, why yes.
8: All just right, just so like you have a... Or no, you don't. You did your thing already.
3: Are we... Yeah.